Welcome to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon, anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Hi, and welcome to the Win the 16 podcast. As always, thank you to Carrie and the production team for all their support. We appreciate you. And uh, welcome, Bud. How you doing today? Uh, Dave, I don't think I could be better. Uh, you are a rock. You've been consistent through all our episodes. I love it. I love it. Uh, I live a blessed life. Uh, how are you working on getting us to our seventh continent for listeners? That was your project. I forgot to tell you. Uh, I've been doing some marketing in the Antarctica. It hasn't hit yet, but we're still hopeful. Okay. Anybody listening, you're headed out that way. We could use it. We could use it. Um, today's topic. Oh, first of all, uh, if you want to contact us, please reach out to pygon1.com. P-Y-G-O-N-O-N-E.com. Comments, questions, uh, potential topics, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you as always. Today's topic is an interesting topic. Bud and I have been meaning to get to this for about the last month or so. And that is how to be you. Seems so simple, uh, but sometimes we can masquerade and try to be somebody else at times. So, Bud, you're our definition guy. Why don't you please define BU for our listeners? Love to. So I'm going to start. I don't think there's anything simple about this. It, it, uh, you know, uh, being you, right? Know thyself uh, is Socrates' really most famous uh, maxim. Uh, and this is something that people have been trying to master um, since really the beginning of time. So uh, I think this is a great topic to talk about. It also ties in a bunch of the things that we've already touched on uh, in, in, in great ways to circle back those topics. Uh, be you, being the way you are without influencing your attributes, traits, personalities, or basic values because of others. You like who you are. Being yourself means living how you want to live life regardless of what other people think. Respect yourself and the person you are. You don't waste time worrying what others think. Well, there's a lot there. Worrying about what others think. How prevalent is that? Right, you know, and it's complicated too. Like we've talked about all these things. You know, we're not saying you dismiss other people's input and opinions and values. That's sort of that diversity of thinking. You want different perspectives. But by the same token, you can't let that drive who you are and what you believe in, right? I, I love this. One of the NFL podcasts I listen to, the guy constantly says, they've never erected a monument to a committee. Uh, interesting. Interesting. That's a great point. Right. Before we jump into some tips and strategies on this, and thanks for the clarity on be you. This comes up, bud, with my my 
clients who lean toward being introverted or are introverted, and they might be critical thinkers like you, uh, very commonly they'll want to work on public speaking, with public speaking with me, which is great. Love it. I always remind them that because you're introverted does not mean you cannot be an amazing public speaker. You just do it your way. And when you're in front of your audience, your your excellent communication and your your fact finding and the information that you deliver, which is accurate because that's what critical thinkers do, is so attractive and compelling to the audience. You being you goes over really, really well. Now, I don't want to confuse that with the growth mindset of working on maybe the introduction or your content or how you finish your speech. But the person you are can come across really, really attractive. And I don't want to confuse those two of getting better at a skill and changing who you are. Did I say that right? Yeah, well, that I mean, that's that's one of the fascinating things about this topic. And it touches on sort of that growth mindset. Being you doesn't mean this is the fixed you and you can't be different and you're not changing or evolving or growing or striving or tapping into your unsort of knowable potential like we've talked about. Uh, you know, you the authentic you at 20, I would hope, is going to be different than the authentic you at 60. Good point. Right? So, so it's it's not again, and that's why this is a great topic, because it, it, it is a being you and being authentic doesn't mean you don't have a growth mindset and that you're not growing and evolving and thinking uh, and sort of searching for who I am and knowing thyself. Yes, yes. And I, what we're talking about today is the authentic who you are, stay in that lane and grab these things that you can get better at and improve on and skill sets into your lane is what we're saying is grab those apples from the tree and take it along the buggy ride with you in your journey of your life but stay true to who you are because i i use you as a great example of being the quintessential critical thinker that when you speak our inner circle, myself, uh, friends, the kids, they're all ears. I, I mean, because you're factual and it's authentic and we know where it's coming from and it resonates really well. And like you've said on the podcast before, you leaned and you are on the introverted side. Yeah. You know, and, and that's interesting, too. Like you talk about, you know, even the the reference you made to, you know, Beyonce tapping into that um, uh, alter ego. Right. And, and again, I don't know if she's introverted or extroverted, um, but there are many performers uh, who you watch them on stage and they're just so charismatic and captivating. And yet off, off stage, they're quite introverted and quiet. And, and, and I think our definition and what we think of as uh, introverted and extroverted is sort of skewed to these almost caricatures, right? The introverted person is the guy who stands in the corner and is uncomfortable and can't talk to people. You know, and the extrovert is the guy who walks into a room and has to stand on the table, you know, entertaining everyone. And, and there's great variations and, and, and degrees of that. Um, and an introverted person is just someone who maybe doesn't get tons of energy out of in, 
engaging in that way, but it doesn't mean they can't and aren't particularly effective uh, when they have to. Um, so, so I think, again, this is what I love about this topic. There's a lot of subtleties and nuance to it. You and I are big on assessments. We said it at nauseum on this, whether it's disc assessments, strength assessments, working genius assessments. I took another one recently, the predictive index. Did I tell you about this? I think so. Refresh okay. my memory, though. I'm getting old. Sure. Sure. Uh, now nah, you're a spring chicken. Come on. Uh, the predictive index, it's uh, an assessment where really it asks you a bunch of questions, but it really gives you a good feel for the type of job and role you should be in. Uh, some organizations use it when they're trying to find, if they're looking for a C-suite, and you can take this assessment, and it'll share what their job description is if you fit enough of the things you're they're looking for. Nobody's perfect. And when I took it, uh, the description, the title, what I came out to be was captain. Leadership makes total sense. But here's where I'm going with this. Picture a dot. To the left of the dot is introverted. To the right of it is extroverted. And you'd be surprised. I was closer to the dot. I was on the extroverted side, no question. But I was closer to the dot than I was to the far right. And I dissected it with the consultant who we did it together with because I wanted an expert to teach me it. So I know now how to use it. And I think you and I would both agree I'm extroverted to a degree. And that's the point. If I walk into a networking with 10, 20 people, love it really do enjoy it. When I go to the ones that are 100 some people, not so much, not so much. The 100 for you would terrify you. You'd go back, you'd leave getting your Uber. But I don't love it as much as the 10 to 20. And the assessment verified that for me. So what do you think so far? Yeah, so so that's a great point. I took a, um, I took a leadership class uh, 15 years ago with my ex-boss now. He's retired. Uh, and it was a great class, great people, great talking. One of them was a Myers-Briggs assessment. You know, we did the assessment. He was my partner in this. And so we we did it. And and I, like you, if there was that dot, I'm, I'm uh, closer to the dot than I am to either extreme, but I'm on the left side of the dot. So more introverted, right? So I think it's, you know, in the Myers-Briggs, it's one to 20. And, you know, and I was an eight or a nine where 10 is right in the middle. So introverted um but close to the middle and my boss was a one and he couldn't believe because compared to him i'm a huge extrovert right but i'm you know but i'm actually really an introvert and it's a lot like that and with people that i'm very very comfortable and close i can come off as very extroverted Right. But in general, like you say, you know, smaller groups, people I know, blah, 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 larger groups, you know, and I wouldn't say terrified, um, not to parse words, but it's just not it's just not my thing. Right. It's not something I enjoy and, and like. And I was stunned when I saw that my boss was so introverted. Right. And, and we had a really honest conversation because I'd always seen him command a room 
because um, he led a bunch of committees prior to being the chair and then how he ran the faculty and the meetings. And, and he was so good at those meetings and so commanding, right, in such a presence. And then he said to me, he goes, yeah, but you know how draining those are to me and how hard they are for me. So he was great at it, but it was a ton of work and he didn't enjoy it. Right? Well, that's that's and, the work. That's the working genius, Bud, that you and I both have taken right. that it it's not saying you can't galvanizing. It's not saying you can't galvanize. I mean, you coached you coach that that uh, that dynasty soccer girls soccer team in Elmhurst. Um, and in seriousness, though, those little girls, Catherine and her friends, right, they they love you and the parents like you coaching them. So you just don't want to be galvanizing all day. Yes, it is, is not how it's not me and it's not how I would choose to spend my time for my own enjoyment. Absolutely. Right. But for an hour or two with those girls, you're great. You do a great job. You galvanize them. You bring them together. They have fun, etc. But that's not something. And I think that's the point of this day about being you is because I will say my introverts, when we start talking about subjects that public speaking, uh, those kind of things, a lot of them almost apologize. And, and things like, oh, that's not me and I'm introverted and I'm saying just because you're introverted doesn't mean you cannot be an amazing speaker for 20 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever you need to do. You just are going to do it a little differently than Tony Robbins would do it, as an example. Right. It's going to be impactful and powerful if you're prepared, which you will be because that's your personality. Uh, if you follow the structure, think about a good introduction and all the way through till you close it, it'll be great. Right. Well, you know, part of that, too, is uh, is, you know, if you take on the responsibilities of a job in a position, um, you know, not everything about that job is going to be your strengths or something that you love doing. Um, but part of the responsibility of leading is doing those things. Right. So I, some of it is I look at that as, you know, I wouldn't necessarily enjoy it. But when you have to do it, you have to do it and you should do it well. Or as oh, well I had a coach one time tell me, oh, I don't really accrue a ton and I don't love doing it. That's why I don't. And I was thinking, well, you're not going to be great at your job because that's part of it. I didn't say it, but I was thinking that I'm like, well, you're you're not going to be great. You have to do the things you like, don't like, and you have to do them well to be successful in the world we live in. Correct. Well, you know, I would say to that coach, too, well, especially if you're like at the college or high school level, probably more so at the college level, uh, you're going to lose then. You're going to lose Correct. more. You're going to lose more than you than you probably should. It, you know, it's frankly mentioning that a lot of people hate recruiting and a lot of those good coaches then go to the professional level because then you don't have to do that. You don't have to recruit. So if you really hate it that much, uh and the converse is true is a lot of these college coaches, frankly, right, aren't great X's and O's guys or, you know, or strategists. They're great recruiters and they go to the college level. They go to the professional level where it really is about strategy, X's and O's, scheming, game planning, and they fail 
because their great strength is their ability to get the best talent to come play for them and play hard. Uh, and it's a different beast. And again, I would go to that. And some of those guys chase the money. I get it. Uh, but that would be, again, know thyself. Absolutely. I agree. So let's dive into some tips and ideas, bud, on how to be yourself. So I'll just start rattling off some and jump in with your comments on here. Uh, first one, know your values and beliefs. This could date all the way back to your childhood. So really know your values. I am big on the values one. I uh, my, my internal and external resume, I have my values on there so the world can see them. So I don't know if everybody's comfortable doing that, but I think it's really, really important that you know your values. And if no one's ever done this assignment, I will tell you, it is not the easiest thing in the world because I know for myself, when I Googled values, getting down to 10 was really easy. 15, getting to your true five, bud, was tough. Yeah. Yeah, you and I have talked a little bit about this, and I haven't spent as much time mapping it out um, like you have. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I talk about this a lot of times at work because people get into difficult situations in any job or form. And I'm like, so what's our principle here? Right. Instead of making a decision where we're trying to guess the future and figure out what's the best decision that will have the best outcome in the future, which frankly, in many of these things is unknowable, especially if it's two bad decisions, right? You've got two choices. It's like the Kissinger thing, right? You know, he famously said, you know, a lot of times, you know, in politics, it's the, you, you make the, you have two choices, a bad one and a worse one, and you've got to pick one. Um, so I sort of fall back a lot of times. And so what's our principle here? Let's make a decision based on our values and our principles. And if it doesn't work out as well as we'd like, at least our decision making was rooted in principles and values as opposed to guessing what we thought might work out best. Oh, I in leaning on those values in tough times. Worst case scenario, you're in a place you want to be in. Yeah, you can live with that then again. Correct. That comes into some of that, you know, values, integrity, um, uh, you know, which is, again, knowing thyself and living with integrity, which is is very, very hard to do always. But, man, I think in the end, at the end of the day, it's where you want to be. That's one of mine, integrity and my guess. You not only being a physician, but also growing up on the south side of Chicago, uh, a Catholic. <laughs> I would think integrity would be one of your five. My guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. I would think uh, we were we were raised with the guilt. Do anything wrong, yeah, you yeah. will be punished. And For the sure. only way you'll get into heaven is if you live a perfect <laughs> life, etc. Which is crazy, but yeah. that welcome to the South Side of Chicago, everybody. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's funny. Like, oh, integrity. I'm it, I'm not being self righteous here. I find great comfort in it because it helps me get through the hard decision or helps me get through the hard decisions for sure, but it helps me get through the bad outcomes. Um, you know, where I make decisions that don't work out as well as I want, or I make mistakes, uh, you know, at least I take some comfort in knowing that uh, my thinking at the moment, 
however flawed it was, was based on things that at the end of the day I can live with um, and sleep with at night and, uh, and, you know, get up in the, to live another day to try to fix and grow and, you know, learn from my mistakes and failures. Amen. So I find, I find comfort in it. Um, and not, not, oh, you know, trying to use it as, oh, you know, I'm so righteous. I, I don't, I don't certainly don't mean it that way. Yes. Yeah, so everyone out there, if you haven't, next time you go on a long walk or something, t- think about it. It can be powerful in your life to keep you on BU. So know your values and beliefs. Second one, know your strengths. What are your superpowers? What is your working genius? I mean, truly, what are you really, 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 really good at? And make sure you document that. Write that down. Have that uh, because that you can lean into that, into being you. Then on the other side of it, know your weaknesses. Just as critical. And don't be afraid of them. And don't be afraid to let other people know what they are. I mean, they'll probably see them. But going back to you, we talked about earlier about the coach who doesn't like to recruit. One, they're going to have to do it. That's just that's factual. The other thing they can do is make sure they have an assistant who's excellent at it and who's very good at it. So then they can collaborate together on that. And that's saying, hey, I'm not great at it. I need somebody who's phenomenal at in the organization. Any of those you want to comment, bud, before we move on? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the you know, no, again, knowing your strengths, play to your strengths. We've talked about that before. The strength finders, right? Uh, you want to you want to live in your A plus areas, not struggle in your C plus areas, and try to make those B minuses. Um, and then by knowing your weaknesses and being fully you know honest with yourself, like you say, the recruiting is a great example. You know, maybe I don't like it or I'm not good at it. So you hire someone who loves it and is great at it. And that's how you balance yourself. I mean, that, that, that's, that's what the great ones do. Absolutely. Another one here, let go of the negative talk. What does that look like? I'm not a good public speaker. I'm not good at numbers. I'm not good at that. Staying away from that negative talk embracing it, this is not what I'm great at, but beating yourself up on it is not healthy for being you. Yeah, absolutely. Stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Embrace the today and tomorrow. Being you is not only being you yesterday, but it's about being you today and into the future. And embracing just the past, how great things were, probably is not going to help you on your being you journey in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, we're going through this list. We're not saying any of this is easy. Oh, right? no, no, no. You know, oh. you, that's the, that's, you know, that's like, you know, the Socrates, right? The, you know, the life, the, the, the uh, unthoughtful life is not worth living. I mean, that's what we're talking about here is moving forward, trying to constantly get better identify your weaknesses. Who are you today? Who do you want to be tomorrow? And how do you get there? Right. And that's, that's what a lot of this is. Well, it goes back to the win the 16, 
we're not saying any of the things are easy. They're skills and they all can be worked on. Right. David, all, it all goes back to win the 16. You know what? I really believe that too. <laughs> I, uh, um, I don't know if we can get a podcast without saying this. Uh, I think the audience, our frequent listeners, will probably know exactly what I'm going to say here. Uh, growth mindset, change agility, being you means absolutely be you, but be open to the learning and the evolving and growing. Stay in your lane into who, what your personality is, who you are, but as you go, learn, learn, and learn some more to make you to be your best self and best you. So that one always comes up every podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, it's so crucial. I, I, I give this example, um, uh, you know, and I, I gave us a, uh, a lecture to the med students in the fall and I kind of closed it in the conversation, you know, the, the question answer part is like, uh, cause they always ask, well, what was it like to be the CMO? And, you know, and, and I tell them some cool stories and some things and, and how hard it was and, in some of the challenges and the joys, but I told him, you know, I would be a much better CMO today than I was in 2014 when I took the job. And, and I attribute that to sort of growing, right? And I don't know that I knew myself better then, and so I don't want to say that, but let's just say I did, but I'm different today. I was affected and influenced by the experiences and the time and thinking. And so I've grown, I think, and I think I know myself better and would be better at the job today. You know, that's the growth mindset, uh, you know, as opposed to saying, oh, I knew myself in 2014 and, and I'm the same person today. And, you know, I, I just don't think that's realistic or that's healthy. And um, it just doesn't ring true to me. No, no, no. You're right on target with that. And I would be, I would be, a, if I was leading uh, tons of people and teams again, I'd be better than I was a couple of years ago. I would be, if I relaunched Pygon 1, I would do it differently from all the things I've learned from a marketing standpoint, a networking standpoint, branding, the list goes on. I mean, we just re-updated our, our branding, our image, our logo. Why? Because we learned and it's much better now into what our messaging is. And so that is just crystal clear. I think we stayed within who we are. But from all the things that we learned, we made it better. But we're still in our lane. Did I say that right? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, this one comes up whenever you and I talk leadership on the podcast. And I believe if I had to pick one of our lists today, but if I had to, if you made me, this is the one I would probably say is the one where people might get out of their own lane a little bit about being themselves. So I'll be curious your two cents on this one. And that is being vulnerable. To be you, you have to be vulnerable because at times you're going to walk into an environment that is not an environment that you necessarily love. It's not you. And you're going to be in situations where you're going to think you know, I need to be somebody else in this environment. And that's where that vulnerability comes out. What are your thoughts on this one, bud? But, you know, yeah, vulnerability is a, is a form of courage. Uh, and I'm 
I'm still convinced uh, that that's the number one trait to being a leader. You have to be courageous. Uh, and and in, that goes hand in hand with being vulnerable, um, willing to risk failure, sticking your neck out. Uh, if you know thyself and you're authentic and, and it's thoughtful, I'm not saying go off the, you know, be radical or just but being very thoughtful in your and staying true to your integrity and your convictions. If you believe something and the group that you're with doesn't believe it or is uncertain, it's, it takes that courage to lead. And I, I, I don't have a ton of regrets from when I was CMO um, just because it was a unique situation and a unique job. And um, but there were a couple things that I really had yes, no decision making over. And I seated at least one or two of those decisions to the group um, in, in, and I regret not having the courage to go with what I believed was right uh, because history the, <laughs> proved that my decision would have been a better one than I, what I went with the group decision. And I really didn't do it um, because I think in retrospect, I just didn't have the courage to stick my neck out and tell the group, I respect your opinions. You certainly have more experience in some of this, but I think this is the way we need to go. And I'm going to I'm going to pull my yes, no authority on this and go against you and say, this is what we're doing. Um, and I really regret that. Uh, and again, I think that was a lack of courage on my part. Um, and, and that is I just think that's the most important thing for a leader. Have the courage. Yes. Conversely, there's some leaders out there that we would encourage uh, they're almost too courageous and it's not even courageous. They're almost, I know, I know all that's I mean, different. That's completely different. Exactly. And that's where I that's, was going. That's that arrogance, arrogance and ego. That's yes. different, right. Arrogance is different than confidence uh, yes. or courage, courage. And some of those guys that are so ego driven or arrogant um, they need the courage to back away from those things and allow others to influence them, right? That's where they lack courage. Um, they lack the courage to allow others to take credit for their ideas because a lot of those guys jump in and take their ideas. I, I, it's funny, I was talking to one of my, um, my direct reports when I was CMO, um, he and I had lunch this week, and he was commenting on some of the other people, you know, some of the newer people in the C-suite. And, and it was one of the things that he was a little bit frustrated about uh, was, you know, other people taking uh, credit, uh, you know, for what essentially were his ideas. Not that he needed the credit. He just thought it was disingenuous that it wasn't being portrayed in a way that adequately represented what was actually going on. Um, and, and again, he wasn't really taking a shot. It was just more like, uh, you know, that's the kind of leadership I'm getting down here uh, from a, an individual um, that, uh, uh, you know, that he was talking about. And so, so I think that's an example too. You know, sometimes, you, you know, uh, you have to have the courage to, to say, hey, this is so-and-so's idea, not mine. This is their idea, but I think it's a great one. Well, that, that person you just referred to is they cannot have integrity as one of their high values. Right. Because that's not exhibiting that. You, what you, you just said something a minute ago. It reminded me 
of what Frank Cespedes said recently on a podcast, the Harvard lecturer. And you got me thinking about leadership. He said, and I'll remember this, he goes, the desk is a dangerous place for which to watch the world. I love it. What he was saying was making decisions sitting behind a desk is not a great place to make decisions and watching the world. uh, And that reminds me of my training years and years ago that I thought was a great one. And that is you need to get on the dance floor. You cannot be making your decisions in developing and working and understanding clients by sitting in the balcony. Now, it is good to take steps back. It's good to take an aerial view, but you've got to get on the dance floor. And that's what I was thinking when Frank uh, recently made that comment about. Let's jump into a couple more uh, strategies and tips people could use uh, to help them on their BU. Express yourself. Your greatness is who you are, not who you are not. Being you and continuing on your growth mindset and learning, amazing. Trying to be somebody else, probably not so much. That's what that is saying. Surround yourself with people that are good for you. And those people, you can be who you are as well when you start maybe getting off that path of being who you are, they'll tell you. They will tell you that, how powerful that is. Yep. Um, not to procrastinate, lean in right away on who you are if you're procrastinating to be who you truly are at work. Maybe you've been masquerading a little bit. Maybe uh, even at home you're masquerading um, with that concept. I thought that was a really interesting yeah. one, too, for all of us to think about. Do we have relationships that maybe we're not being our true selves? Right. You know, we've talked, I think we've talked about this on a podcast, if not a whole podcast, but at least part of it is that, you know, many of us feel like frauds. You know, we get elevated to these leader leadership positions and we're like, you know, some they're going to realize I don't know what I'm doing, you know, or I'm masquerading as, um, you know, and I felt that way as CMO on a lot of situations. Right. You know, he's masquerading as a CMO. Uh, it, it took a long time to get comfortable in that skin. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that's some of this stuff too. And surrounding yourself with people who can ground you, uh, more you, uh, guide you, influence you, uh, is really, uh, you know, I think crucial, um, crucial for, for a good leader. I, we've talked about that too on the podcast so, so often. Most people in my 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 inner inner circle, all of them, their primary or secondary personality trait are C's, critical thinkers. Interesting. So when I ask them, and I don't even have to ask them, I get the truth. I get, uh, hey, why this? Why that? You missed this. You missed this. This is right. what you said. I got it. I was kidding. Whenever I say I'm going to be on the phone with you, I'm like. If my brother and I are going to have a conversation about the business and something, I go, I got to be prepared because I know the questions are going to come flying. And he'll call BS on me if I get to a point where I'm there. And uh, same thing with Ari, same thing with Nick, same thing with John. Uh, They are going to come at me with why, 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 why. 
uh, and I got to be prepared. And I say that it's amazing. It is, I get beat up a little bit, but we come out with a better product, better strategy, better thought process because of that. And it's imperative to me, not only growing, but the business and all of that. So it's critical, everybody, to have those people in your life. Uh, A couple more things. Don't fear failure. Go your way. Follow your strategies, your beliefs, your values. Uh, We're not saying be reckless. We're not saying don't be strategic. We're not saying don't run this by people. We're saying be you and how you would do it. And we're saying have that strategy, have that plan, do those things, but do it in your way because that authenticity and genuineness will really be powerful and will come across to people. Yeah, that that can't be overstated. Uh, You know, and everybody knows it, right, that, you know, you read, oh, well, we learn more from our mistakes than our successes. There's no doubt it's true. But but by, but everybody's afraid to make mistakes, uh, you know, and again, not to be we're not encouraging recklessness. Um, but, man, it's so important um, to 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 take make a decision, move forward. Um, and well, I, again, if it's thoughtful and it fails, it, it will be remarkable. You listen, you read these stories about guys that were incredible success stories in business and how many times they failed. And it was the failure that led them to think about the thing they were trying to accomplish in a very different way that was monumental in them getting to the point where they got that their business became successful. Bud, thank you for bringing that up. We're gonna get it, I'm making a note of this. We're gonna talk about failure on a podcast as a topic. It's gotta be out there. Uh, The next time I interview somebody, I've committed to myself. I am going to ask them, I need to know times you failed. And I'm going to do put this, and I'm going to say this to them. Hey, no stress. I authentically want to know. And I'm asking for a reason. I don't want you to try to turn this back into a strength. Uh, my failures, I work too hard and all this other nonsense. I want you to think about it. Take your time. No rush. But I want to know because I am the more and more I read on this subject to be really, really good at anything. You have to fail with regards to something in your journey. So I didn't mean to go off on that one, but you just hit something to me that is it's really become a big one for me. I think writing the book, I think starting the podcast, I think starting the company I didn't realize how much I had to fail in certain things to get to where I'm at today. And I still got a way to go. Don't get me wrong. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, Tying into the don't be afraid of fail. You got to be confident. It plays into that. Uh, You know who does a really nice job of being you? Kids, children, teenagers. Think about this. How many times of any of your crew, and I love them all, Thomas, Andrew, Catherine, Helen, I love all your crew. Then in my house too. How many times have they said, that's just who I am. I'm being me. So I want to say that out there. There's a difference between our kids 
who are do who did something stupid and are trying to say, hey, that's who I am, versus being your authentic, genuine self with a strategy, a plan, thoughtfulness, vulnerability, and confidence. Uh, right, Bud? Are we good on that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it's true. That's who they are. But that's not, again, when we're talking about growth mindset, they're also children, young adults, teenagers growing. Uh, and just because that's who they are, um, it's not okay to be foolish or silly. You need to grow from that and not make that mistake again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and if and if they're reckless, let's say, you know, uh, one of my children had uh, got a speeding ticket. And if he comes and he, and he didn't do this, but, oh, well, that's just who I am. I speed. Well, I go, okay, well, you got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> we need to be somebody else. We need to be yes. somebody who drives within the speed limit, right? So we're going to figure out how to get there. Yes. Society is, society is not asking on this question. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that was, that was interesting. Right. Embrace. Your emotions. Oh, huge. Embrace your emotions. Now, that we're not saying be emotionally out of control. What we are saying is, though, it's okay to embrace them and be you within control, within emotional intelligence. Don't be afraid. You don't have to be a statue. Because that's part of it's what makes you so attractive. Uh, that one, I think, is a big one, especially for our extroverts out there. I know we've spent a significant time on introverts, but for our extroverts out there who maybe at times can get a little emotional, it's okay. Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, again, you know, we'll kind of recap uh, when we're finished here. But, it, you know, this is about emotional intelligence. This is about managing your emotions. Um, and I think embracing them as who you are and this is how things affect you is so important. But like you say, it doesn't mean that you should be volatile, uh, explosive, uh, you know, um, uh, with people or, you know, exceedingly critical or, you know, putting people down. And, you know, as you think of these fiery characters and all that, um, which, again, if you're fiery, that's OK, too. But it's really that, you know, emotional intelligence and manage your emotions. As I have gotten older, I just think it is the emotional intelligence piece is so important. Um, obviously, you know, being intelligent, and thoughtful is important, too. But emotional intelligence is so much more important and, and uh, significant and maybe a greater indicator of your long term success in both your personal life and your uh, your professional life. Uh, because it really gets into your ability to relate, influence, um, you know, be empathetic and what have you. So uh, I can't I can't say enough about that. I also do want to talk about a little about the confident and go back to that story I related to one of sure. my reports. Um, I know the person that he was referring to, um, and they are wonderful. Uh, and so I think some of that credit thing is a confidence issue, right? And and it takes courage and confidence to be able to say, listen, maybe I'm not a content expert on X, Y, or Z. So-and-so is, and this is their idea, and I'm behind it because it re resonates with me. Or, you know, So I think some of that, too, sometimes is uh, us, and I know I'm, I've been guilty of this when I felt fraudulent in the CMO role, 
uh, is I didn't maybe have the confidence to let people know how fraudulent I felt, the, you know, to be vulnerable um, and let them know that these were the people I was valuing and their opinions I was valuing and use of that. So, so some of that is a confidence issue, not an ego or an arrogant issue. 100%. Uh, the last one is take time for yourself. Do what you love. Eat what you love. Talk about what you love. And then share your wisdom. Because your wisdom for who, what you are, what you believe, what your values, what you stand for, what you do is different than the person next to you. It's, you know, I go, I mean, I bring it back to win the 16. Win the 16 is different for all of us. We all, it's in the book. We talk about it. We all, the principles are the same, the, the, the skills, but how we do it are completely different for all of us, and it should look differently. Um, so we give a lot of tips and strategies, but so why don't I recap them all for everybody? And if there's something you want to jump in, why don't you do that as I go? Because we gave a lot of tips and strategies. How does that sound? Yeah, absolutely. I got a, just a couple things that I want to, I'll just mention um, as, a, like I say, important things I think to tie back to other things we've talked about. Okay, perfect. Know your values and beliefs. Identify your strengths and your weaknesses. Let go of the negative talk. Stop living in the past. Change agility and growth set, growth mindset. Vulnerable. Express yourself. The greatness is who you are, not who you are not. Surround yourself with people that are good for you, who you can be yourself as well as we'll be honest with you when you're not. Don't procrastinate. Jump right in. Lean on being yourself. Don't fear failure. Be confident. Embrace your emotions. Take time for yourself. Go ahead, bud. Yeah. So. Again, just, you know, courage. I can't tell you how important it is. We've talked about it before. We had a whole podcast on it. It, it all ties into these things. Uh, emotional intelligence. We've talked about it before. It all ties into these things. The more emotionally in touch you are, embracing it and managing it, the better you'll be as a leader and as a person. Um, communication. Uh, communicate, communicate, communicate. It's one of my four C's, right? Caring, compassion, communication, courage. Those are the four C's for me for leadership. And all of these things come into play. Uh, the introvert who is a great communicator, right, is fantastic uh, at, leading, at leading groups. Uh, again, the extrovert who's a great communicator is at, great at leading groups. The introvert who's not a good communicator, the extrovert who's not a good communicator is less good. Uh, and it's not that introversion, extroversion. And then the growth mindset, like, you know, we always talk about, and you hate to beat a dead horse, but how do I, you know, where am I at today? And how do I, how do I grow and get better for tomorrow? And, and the understanding and the belief, because there are people who are fixed. So this is just who I am. The, the understand the belief that you can be better tomorrow, that you can be different, that your potential really is unknowable uh, and that it's a real pleasure and a gift to be able to explore it. And the growth mindset helps you do that. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on and, you know, we talked about BU and authenticity, you know, and I get this thrown at, you know, sometimes, well, I'm just being honest. 
you know, uh, there's a difference between honesty and truth. Uh, again, nuanced and subtle, but, you know, honest is, can be uncensored thoughts and feelings, and those can be really damaging to relationships, groups, uh, and projects. You know, where truth requires a lot more tact, timing, kindness, and empathy. Uh, and so you want to strive for being, have high integrity and being truthful, um, but with that element of sort of a kindness and a caring uh, and an empathy uh, instead of just throwing out, you know, sort of uncensored feelings that can be hurtful. Amen. That's it. That could be another podcast. Honesty. Absolutely. That's a, that's a Absolutely. big issue there. And that's very thought provoking. All of this stuff, when I really think about it, boils down to this. Um, I Life is hard. We all know that. It's amazing, but it's hard at times. The people I think uh, have maybe the hardest road are the people who don't take time to have that contemplative, deep, by yourself thought. I wish I would have been better at that earlier in my journey, but the walks I take, which are daily by myself, and the time it's just so impactful and helpful for me that that's when all these things come to light. Whereas I think the people who are always on the phone with somebody, uh, always communicating, never by themselves, it, they're making it really hard to get into a growth mindset and get to these places and learn and progress because some of these things, bud, it's like it's like when you and your doctor friends were taking the boards in your exams over the years. You just had to be by yourself learning. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you look back on it, a lot of those years were spent alone. A lot of medicine is spent alone. Yeah. Uh, and be lonely in that regard. Uh, and so you have to kind of get comfortable with it and embrace it. And some of it is, like you say, just time. You know, I tell the residents all the time this, oh, how do I pass my boards? You know, you sit your butt in a chair and you get in front of whatever educational material you use and you spend time. Yeah. And there's no other way around it. I want to mention that to the the alone part that, um, you know, my coach was phenomenal for me. And and that was one thing over time he convinced me to do. And I did. I scheduled because I got so overscheduled in my in my work as CMO and then and what I was still doing in the OR and with the department and I would block out two hours a week where I would I told my you know my uh, assistant you know that's you know I'm unavailable those two hours uh, it was so helpful for me sometimes all I did was catch my breath right uh, but most of the time it allowed me two hours of my week to sit down and sort of make assessments of where I'm at, what I was experiencing, what I wanted to do, what I needed to tackle, prioritize. It was it was so it's so valuable. Uh, and I got paid back that time in dividends, uh, multiple dividends um, because of what it allowed me to accomplish and how much more productive I was in my other time. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. I did want to ask you this, bud, because you and I, uh, we're getting off this topic, everybody. So thank you for listening, everyone out there. Those of you who want to hang with us on a quick football talk, uh, please listen. And for the rest of you, thank you so much. Bud, we've got friends 
on the East Coast that are Patriot fans. We've got friends on the East Coast that are Giants fans. And then we have tons of Chicago fans that we know that are Bears fans. Who's in a worse spot right now? <laughs> right? Well, who, I, who's I, in a worse spot right now? I, so I think the other side of that is easier. The Patriots are in, the, in a better spot uh, because they've played two really good teams. They've played two teams that are going to make the playoffs. Right. And they had those games. They made some mistakes to cost themselves. They win those games. So if they clean that up, they're going to be fine, uh, especially especially since the AFC doesn't look as dominant. Uh, you know, the Browns aren't going to be what the Browns should have been because they lost Chubb. Right. The Jets aren't going to be what they should have been because they lost Rodgers. Uh, the Steelers don't quite look right. Uh, Burrow is hurt way more than people are talking about. He's playing through that calf injury, but he can't run. He can't push off. He can't throw it on the field. Uh, so it's different. So they're in the better spot. I think the Giants are probably hurting more because it seems clear that they're not, they can't play with the big boys. And they, they've, they've been pasted by the, probably the two best teams in the NFL right now. So maybe that's not fair. Maybe they still rally and can make the playoffs, but I think it's clear they're farther away than they probably thought bears are in the worst position from a team wise. Cause I, I just think that, you know, it, it's clear that they've got deep, deep problems, structural problems, coaching issues. They're starting to go after each other, uh, which isn't good. Fields doesn't look like the answer. And so maybe you're starting over with a new quarterback next year, maybe even a new coaching. So that's bad, but I don't think any bears fans realistically thought they were a playoff slash contender. You know, maybe they thought, maybe some of us thought the NFC was so weak, you could sneak in at eight and, you know, or eight and nine, nine and eight. Um, but so I think the Bears are clearly the worst. I think Giants are feeling the pain more uh, and, uh, and the Patriots in the best spot. I asked you who was the worst, and you just gave me a four-minute soliloquy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a through C on that. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know what I think is this. Uh, I have more faith. I agree with you. The Patriots, probably, but I don't. I think they're 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 in trouble because I don't believe they have the quarterback thing fixed out long term. And the Bears. I believe the Bears have the best chance to figure out the quarterback because if it's not Fields, they have two picks next year, so they'll be able to make another try at it. I don't believe Jones is the long term. This is going to be a great conversation when we have Dante on, who's going to talk to us about a different things of running a business, being an orthopedic surgeon, as well as. He's a great sports guy and a Giants fan. So yep. we'll have some fun at the end of that broadcast. That one might I, that might go longer than the reason we're even having the podcast when we get into Giants versus Bears with him. You know, because I know he's frustrated. But I think the Bears only positive is polls put them in a position where they can address the quarterback. They have a lot of future assets that they're going to be able to draft. They have a lot of money and the Patriots and the Giants, not as much. 
You know, you're, that's a great point. I didn't think about it that way. You're absolutely right. And in two years, we could be sitting here saying, absolutely, the Bears got the quarterback. Uh, you know, whether that's Caleb Williams, Derek May, or some of the other guys that are out there. And there are quite a few this year. Uh, uh, it's a very quarterback rich deep. It's a great year to have two what could be top five picks. Uh, the other thing we don't know is we don't know if War- Warren and that Warren came in after the coach and the general manager were taken. Right. So what we don't know, and the other thing is we don't know Poles and Warren might realize that the coaches are really messing up fields. Right. They might know that and we don't. So I'm not saying that's the case, but what we don't know is what they really know. Right. Uh, so it's interesting. So, but I, I agree with you. I just call, I agree with you. I don't think Jones or uh, either Jones, Daniel or Mac are the long-term answers and the bears could be in much better shape in two years with one. So you're right. Long-term, maybe the bears are in better shape. And we'll have to ask our new buddy of ours, Tim Wright, who played on the Pat Patriots, who you and I know now, um, his thoughts on that, because he obviously is a huge Belichick fan, has so much respect for him and Brady since he was on that Super Bowl team, one of the Super Bowl teams, 2015, uh, what his take is on it, because he's such a believer in the New England Patriot way, for obvious reasons. So, Bud, thank you very much. Great job today. Listeners, thank you very much. Thanks for bearing with us on our football talk, but we had to get it out there. As always, you can reach us at pygon1.com, P-Y-G-O-N-O-N-E.com. We'd love to hear from you. We look forward to talking to you again. And everybody, please win the 16. And we look forward to our next podcast together. Thank you for listening to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon1. Please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Episodes will be released every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you and go win the 16.